Welcome to you, Mr. Turner. How are you? Can you I, hear me? I, I can hear you, yeah. Can you hear me? Excellent. I can. Good. Um, good. We're, we're having to do something that we've never had to do before. We're having to, to check if, if, if we can hear each other because these are strange times we find ourselves in, aren't they, my friend? They are indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, countries on lockdown. I've, I've got 12 weeks of four walls. 12 good. weeks. 12 so, weeks. I mean that's that's something I'd definitely like to to talk to you about, um, if I may. Just just to welcome everyone. Hello. Um this is this is episode two of Commusician Podcast. Um the podcast where a comedian, myself, and a musician Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as seamless when we're not next to each other. Um but it's a podcast where a comedian and musician uh, meet or in in this case for the next few weeks at least have a a virtual chat Um, virtual chat exactly where we discuss the world and yeah i think it's it's fairly unprecedented times that we find ourselves in at the moment so we are going to touch on that we'll let you know kind of where we are what's going on um but crucially i think it's it sounds a bit um, sounds a bit off, perhaps, to say it's our duty, but certainly our objective is to try and bring a bit of light entertainment to what is otherwise a pretty bleak time. I would say. What, what do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, as a country, it, you know, if you're doing what you're told, we're all sat at home not doing a lot. So I think yes. we can, you know, we can all pick up the Hoover and chuck in an episode of Com Musician and have a listen, and we'll try and make is the day it- a bit brighter. It's, it's very interesting to me that the activity you've paired with listening to our podcast is a loud hoover. Why, why on earth would someone listen listen to a, a podcast while hoovering? Oh, you, you put headphones <laughs> in, you drain, you drain out the hoover, don't you? Well, mate, I do not have air, uh, noise cancelling. I nearly gave a brand away then. I do not have noise cancelling headphones, so perhaps that's why. <laughs> it's not the BBC. Um, we can talk brands. I just we can talk brands. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maybe one day. Um, so, f- f- uh, I mean, first of all, I would love to say thank you to everyone who who listened to and gave us feedback for our first episode. Uh, yeah. We had a lot of fun. We had and- a lot of fun and we had some amazing feedback. We really did. We really did. And um, I don't know. Have you? Have you got your parents to listen to it out of curiosity? I've got my mum to listen to it, not my dad yet. Okay. So, so I had some. Uh, I had some really interesting feedback. My dad had a listen and uh, listened to some of it and enjoyed it. I'm not sure what happened, but he's a very busy man. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I had the. I'll call it a pleasure of trying to get my mum to to download it. My mum's never downloaded a podcast before mm. and I'm not able to see her because of this isolation thing. So I had to do it kind of over the phone and um I managed to get her to to get it onto her phone so she's downloaded Commusician episode 1 uh, and then just as uh, I said oh well done that's that's really good she went 49 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, Brilliant. Um but hopefully, hopefully she's enjoyed it as well. But um, but yeah, thank you so much to everyone who has both uh, listened, subscribed, and um, and also if you've got in touch with us as well, we're we're really really pleased to to hear from you, and it, it means the world. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. Um, just <laughs> you thought I was going somewhere else there, didn't you? <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Why don't we, if if it's all right, Sam? So why don't you explain to the listener, if you don't mind, kind of your situation because you're in a fairly unique um, position, I would say, or well, not unique, but you know, you've you've got a situation on your hands, let's say. Yeah. So I basically I've got my my letter in the post, like a Willy Wonka's golden ticket, um, <laughs> and it basically said I've got to stay indoors for a minimum of twelve weeks. Um, uh, the reason being is because I've got Crohn's disease and one kidney. Um, so one kidney, obviously a bit of an issue. But the, the main thing is that I'm on immunosuppressants for the Crohn's disease. Okay. Um, so if I was to catch it, it could be it could be fatal. Definitely not a good situation. No, exactly. So I've had to move back to my mum's house. I can't see Jody, my girlfriend, for 12 weeks. So it's going to be a long old slog. Um, oh, man. I'm just kind of yeah, just sat at home, really not doing, not doing a lot. So if anybody's got any ideas of what I could do, um, holler. Edit some podcast. Um, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> I um, I I said to you off off mic before we kind of started recording. You know, 
I will happily treat treat me as 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 your partner. I'll be in a relationship with you for the next twelve weeks. <laughs> That's very um, kind. There are uh, limits to what I can and will do, um, but uh, I'm certainly here for you, mate. And uh, yeah, if if you if you do have any ideas for Sam, um, then yeah, tweet us, uh, Instagram us, Facebook us. Uh, where where could someone do that if they wanted to get in touch with you, Sam? Oh, that's a very good point. So, <laughs> <laughs> Smooth segue. Uh, the socials are at commusicianpod, and our email address is commusicianpod at gmail.com. So it get in touch, is. and I'll probably be at home, so I'll reply within the next like five minutes as soon as it comes in. Yes. Um, so probably be at home. Probably yes. be at home. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, but dear. no, it's you know it is what it is. Um, it's got to be done because I want to live after all of this. Mm. and it is it's a really scary time it is a really scary time and you know i think we're um you know we're lucky in the sense that it's <laughs> nowadays you know you've got you've got the internet you've got things like youtube so you know i intend to use this time to learn some more skills and i'd like to think that i've got the option to do that um it's very very convenient that this whole lockdown was announced the day before disney plus started um being available that i think is is brilliant yeah um have you signed up to disney plus out of curiosity i have indeed have yeah. you? So nice. yeah, I've signed up to that. I haven't watched anything yet because I'm trying to get my way through Doctor Who. You um, got the time though, my friend. You but got the exactly. Time. What What's really funny is that I, when it, when I got the letter, I was like, 12 weeks. Oh, that's not too bad." And then I asked, <laughs> I asked my virtual assistant on my phone, "What date will it be in 12 weeks?" And it was like the 16th of June. Yeah, like, middle of June. Jesus. <laughs> like it's not only you know the coronavirus has kind of I say taken away, but it's unfortunately had to stop me going to see Rob Beckett. Um, yeah, and, and it stopped us going to see Frank Turner. Um, but now that's that's even impacted. We had a holiday. I had a holiday book for May, um, just a little getaway in North Devon. So that stopped that. And you know, I, I don't know whether I'll be able to. But the end of June, I've got tickets to see Hamilton. So fingers crossed, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it, there's there's so many things that I think people haven't been aware of, and you know, I'm sure none of our listeners are those idiots that are still going out regardless but um yeah it's a very odd time it's the 25th of march as we're recording now and you know who knows who knows what what things are are, going to happen but certainly we are in we are in lockdown you know we're encouraged to not leave the house um at all unless we can help it you know you can exercise i mean i've got i've got dogs to walk so i will certainly have to be exercising but (laughs) Um, yeah, it is. It is an unusual time. So, with that in mind, I think that um, the reason we mentioned that is because we're in a slightly different situation in that we're not in a pub um, and we're not having a pint after uh, a long day at work. Yeah. Instead, it's not even lunchtime yet, and we're having. <clears throat> I mean, I've just had a cup of tea. Yeah, I'd, I'd second that. A cup of tea and a pint of squash. Different. And if there is a if there is a, a victim in this whole coronavirus situation, then. It, the publican trade is certainly one of them and yeah i i for one hope that as a as a nation we go and support those places as soon as we can afterwards because they're going to be a party on the streets i think when there can be absolutely yeah i've i've got three beers left in the fridge at the moment and i'm rationing them like crazy because i can't get out i can't get out to buy anymore Um, yeah i made the I made the error. I had the opportunity a few days ago when I was at a shop and I was like, do you know what? It won't do me any harm to not have any beers in the household. I'll, I'll do some running. I'll do some press ups. And um, I have, I miss beer and I really want one, but <laughs> never mind. <coughs> never mind. Absolutely. And, uh, Perhaps it's an opportunity for a, a beer delivery service to sponsor us. <laughs> so if they are mentioned in uh, a few podcasts time, then... The uh, subliminal messaging works. Absolutely, yeah, or the not-so-subliminal messaging. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Give us beer. <laughs> Give us beer. So, the the world is is madness. Um, I am, I'm in isolation, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I'm not in isolation at my own home. I'm in isolation at my in-laws. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I've got a little girl who's nearly two who had a bit of a fever, um so we are now on lockdown for at least two weeks um so it is me uh, my partner my little girl uh four teenagers um two uh two older parents Gemma's parents three dogs three cats and 
the only place I could find for any solitude for us to record this is a 14-year-old girl's bedroom. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's it's an odd time for us oh, all. We're all mate. making sacrifices. Oh, I'm, and I'm so probably, sorry. I'm very aware that there's probably lots of jokes about that, but no need to tweet us or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad day. Uh, or that's a bad time right there. It's an interesting time, yeah, mm. for sure. Um, like I say, would have been fine if I just picked up that case of beer the other day, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. Very good. Well, I hope all goes well for you. And if you do feel like it, put some cameras around. I'm sure that we could get a lot of viewers on that on our socials. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Day four in quarantine house. Um, <laughs> Fitz has lost his mind and is talking to the shed. Um <laughs> Which is a very real possibility. I mowed a lawn yesterday, um, and I, th- I honestly would say it's the most manly thing I've done in quite some time. I'm very proud. <laughs> I, yeah, um, well, you say that. I I cleaned up my shed yesterday. Did you? Yeah. So I like I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to be in my bedroom today. I'm going to start that tomorrow, like a little bit of teenage defiance. And yeah, went into a shed and cleaned it out. So are you are you legit going to be in? like a room for the next 12 weeks is that what it is yeah basically yeah yeah i've got a and food outside your door and stuff like that pretty much uh, you know you can Mate. use the kitchen but the kitchen will have to be essentially disinfected before i go in it and after i come Man out of it. alive yeah it's super scary it is super scary well we will um do you know what we will we will lift the spirits and uh, i'm really excited for for this episode we've got a load of uh, really great ideas for some episodes but we would also love to hear yours so um do do get in touch with us how can people get in touch samwise remind so, us please i can remind you uh they can get in touch on email uh which is compositionpod at gmail.com or they can yes. get us on all of the socials which is at compositionpod wonderful stuff indeed um so let's uh, let's get ready to rumble because I think the whole aim of what we're doing it is obviously let's let's not put too fine a point on it. It's a pretty rubbish time at the moment. Um, you know, the number one concern is that you and your fa- friends and family are safe, and we hope that you are all looking after yourselves. Wash your hands, whatever you do. Um, oh my God, there is militant hand washing going on in here. Um, but really? that's that's a story for another day but oh yes um <laughs> suffice to say the message is being received loud and clear and when i say loud i mean loud and clear um <laughs> but but do wash your hands it's very important cool so fits on with the pod on with the pod indeed yes an Absolutely. exciting topic this week it is yeah we're going to talk about first gigs this week um so not just the first gigs that we performed but the first gigs that we went to see very as- true as spectators, I guess you would call them. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't use the word spectators. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think my first gig was quite cool, which we'll come on to. And if you'd said to me afterwards, "Oh, what did you do last night?" I wouldn't have said, "Oh, I went and spectated a rock band." Um, <laughs> no, I, I would say uh, I, I was a fan at, or I went to a gig. You attend a gig, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I guess you attend, not spectate. That's a very good, good point. <laughs> good. Um, God, I sound old. But what we did, uh, a little bit, but what we did uh, on the social medias, Mm. um, we put out a question asking people uh, what their first gigs were, and we got some great responses. We really did, and actually, um, you know, very quickly, just thank you to everyone. You know, we we were really really touched with how many people got in touch and they were touched with how many people got in touch and um <laughs> but it's, it's a really interesting question isn't it because the whole notion of a first gig you know you you ask someone oh what was the first gig you ever went to and and depending on their answer you you can be quite judgmental about it can't you and it absolutely it, it either makes you really cool as with many of the people that we uh, are going to share their stories now um or it it kind of doesn't um and yeah yeah absolutely very similar to uh alice fitz henry i'm presuming your alice fitz henry is my little sister yeah there one of my go. little sisters yeah so her first gig this kind of defines you as a person was jls yes <laughs> uh, but it does say uh with the one and only 
Who's the it, one and only fit? The one and only would be me. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, I took my little sister to see JLS. Um, it was there were other bands on, but it was in like um, I think it was at uh, Powderham Castle, maybe in in Exeter. And yeah, I was. I was old enough to drive and um, cool enough to go to JLS. Uh, <laughs> but it was really convenient that she wanted to go, actually, because I was a big fan of JLS back in the day, and I, I would have gone on my own. Well, um, <laughs> just, just so you know, they have, you know, reformed. They have. So. I've heard this. Yeah, that's. Um, it's it's not so much uh, high on my agenda now. I think going as an 18-year-old lad with uh, a younger sister is one thing, but going as a 34-year-old man on my own, um, you know, that's that's an entirely entirely different kettle of fish. And, <laughs> and, and if I buy you a ticket for your birthday, will you go on your own? <laughs> I don't want to see the ticket wasted, mate. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you buy me a ticket for my birthday, then as long as you come with me, then we'll live stream it to our, our glorious <laughs> listeners that is a deal right there oh, God. so if you didn't listen last week by the way we uh, please go back but we agreed that if we get 10,000 subscribers uh, Sam and I will get the Commusician logo tattooed uh, on our persons um, not necessarily up on the same uh, place but Sam's got a glorious arm tattoo and I personally don't want to ruin it by adding <laughs> uh, adding the Commusician logo onto there however great we think it is yeah, absolutely, and uh, that should be that should be good fun. Uh, yeah. Who who else have we got? Um, so we've got uh, we've got a few Fitzhenrys to give a shout out to, uh, which I will do shortly. So um, again, thank you to to my family for getting in touch. Um, but Terry Hall, so Terry, uh, I haven't seen for many many years, but um, Terry went to a cracking first gig, uh, which was at the Blue Tones. Sorry, the Blue Tones at Exeter Uni in the Great Hall. Uh, that was in 1996, and he said that the support act was a band called Geneva, and uh, I told my mates they would be as big as Oasis. Shows what I know. Brilliant. <laughs> now, Amazing. As, as we've established, you know, I, I'm not necessarily the world's biggest music buff. Part of the reason I'm really excited to do this podcast is to learn more. Um, but I have heard of Oasis. Um, <laughs> haven't heard of Geneva. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, I think, but I think that goes along with pretty much everybody else out there i don't think yeah geneva aren't a thing are they no i don't think so i mean it's a place i definitely know that so either they got stratospherically successful and ended up um being so big that they just became a town um (laughs) but i think that's probably unlikely (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah quite unlikely Absolutely. absolutely um so nick p page fuzzbox at cheltenham town hall okay now I think Nick Page might be our highest profile listener uh, so far. So um, do do let us know if you're not. Obviously, most people are usually a bit shy about the old humble brag. But in this instance, um, if you if you are high profile, let us know. Share the mm. love. We'd be really interested. Um, but Nick Page, you may remember or recognise. So Nick's a fantastic comedian, um, and you may have seen him on the semi-finals, no less, of Britain's Got Talent. Uh, oh, so oh, I'm going to check him out now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, he's oh, he's fantastic. So oh thanks. yeah. Thank you for getting in touch, Nick, you ledge. Um, but yeah, he went to see Fuzzbox at Cheltenham Town Hall. And I have not heard of Fuzzbox or been to Cheltenham Town Hall. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> very good. I fear the relatable content from my side may uh, may dry up there. But but again, what a legend. Thanks for getting in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some stonkers actually coming in. I mean... The next one is is humongous, and you know I, I can't I can't comprehend this being a first ever gig. You you think about the the potential list of people that you could go and see, and uh, Chris Davies went to Cardiff Arms Park. Get this, Sam, his first act that he saw live, it's only flipping Michael Jackson. I know how mental is that? Like your first ever gig, the first gig you experience is like the king of pop. Yeah. Like, that's just mad. Mate, we've got a lot we've got a lot still to read out, but I don't think we can beat it. No. We... I... Oh, that that took a while, but that's You didn't um... even get it. I didn't get it. No. Oh, mate, that's it a zinger right there. It's only because you were going we that I then caught on to Oh yeah, there's a joke there. That's, that's how that's, that's how all the best jokes work, mate. You've just got to kind of explain them. Uh, that's <laughs> that's why I'm so successful, so big in the game. And that's why I need a year to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll help you my friend we'll help absolutely. you absolutely so uh, where are we at Jane Capel 
Duran Duran, uh, Shepton Mallet sh- Showering Pavilion. Uh, she reckons it must have been the early eighties. Now Did you say is... showering pavilion. I love the... I love the fact that you can't read the word show ring. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that because I. Yeah. Oh, we're not, mate. Duran Duran, I... Shepton Mallet showering just... pavilion. Brilliant, I'm just gonna so. cut Jane Cable. There it is. No, Jane Cable <laughs> deserves to be in, and we appreciate you getting in touch, Jane. Um, but yeah, so that would have been that been early eighties. Again, I mean that is that's an absolutely humongous shout for for a first gig. Mm. Um, Shepton Mallet I know they've got a big god this is showing my age but when I was a bit younger and cooler Shepton Mallet um, I think it's the showground they've got a showground there right um, yes, yeah. I went to a few drum and bass raves there god I was cool <laughs> I miss those days pulled um, up in your course though uh i i wasn't lucky enough to have a course mate but i was friends with bigger boys so they they drove me in theirs um <laughs> uh so moving on thank you um thank you jane thank you everyone of course um alison watson now this is a humdinger zinger uh so alison watson is uh her first gig was in new zealand it was at mm. the athletic park in wellington and it was fleetwood mac yeah that's, that's like that's huge that is huge, and um, there are rumours that there will be uh, bigger <laughs> bands coming. So you can get them, mate. You are you are capable of getting the the uh, the references. That's good. Nice work. I am. That was that's very good. That was very good. I'm impressed with that. You're good. Absolutely. You just needed, yeah. Just needed one to wake up, didn't you? That's I'd good. love to see Fleetwood. I really would. Oh, mate. The, there were so many so many rumours uh, sorry <laughs> pardon the pun but um, the first one was intentional that one wasn't but but there were so many rumours that they would be getting back together for stuff like Glastonbury and you know <clears throat> you kind of you hope and hope beyond hope that it would happen but um, but yeah as obviously as of yet hasn't uh, yeah. but who knows who knows what the future holds um, oh very quickly if I may it's just popped mm. into my mind have you seen um uh, obviously, we're we're deep in the midst of corona, um, coronavirus chaos, and the have, I don't know if you've seen Liam Gallagher, Liam no, Gallagher I, on Twitter. I have, yeah, doing his washing hand songs. So washing hand songs also, but um, but more uh, more importantly, just basically calling out Noel and saying, right, come on, Noel lad, let's get back together for the NHS. I um, didn't see that. Oh, mate, imagine, oh, man. I would absolutely oh, love it. Yeah, that'd yeah. be the only good thing to come out of coronavirus. Would be an <laughs> oasis reunion. <laughs> I mean, did you actually did you um hear last night how they were um clapping for the NHS at eight o'clock? I did, and I did. I was, was I was here with my window open, my entire street was shouting and clapping. Yeah, which is great. Um it's amazing. I think I think that that's something that's good to come out of the NHS, but um, good to come out of the the crisis, Corona crisis. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Um, but but yeah, I hundred percent agree. You know, mm. sod the NHS. If if Oasis get back together, it's way bigger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm joking. I love the NHS. I don't um, condone that thought, but I, sure, <laughs> no, no, I don't either. I don't either. But you you did have a laugh. So like I said earlier, if the humour outweighs the harshness. Then it's um, worth it. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, right. Moving on to uh, Bryn Daniel Thomas. Uh, comedy-wise, he can't be sure, as I've seen over a hundred gigs, but possibly Al Murray. I know I saw him very early on. Music-wise, it would have been Pete Tong in a club night in Ibiza. Wow. That so, is that is impressive. What a duo, by the way, to have, <laughs> yeah. have never been to a gig before, and the first comedy you see is Al Murray. So that that I I know that Bryn's obviously been to many many um, gigs. So you know that was presumably Al Murray kind of early on. But even so, what a what a first what a way to f- first see live stand up comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then like, music wise, yeah, I've never really been to a gig before, so I'm just gonna fly out to Ibiza and just go to a club <laughs> night and, and go see Pete Tong. I mean, what an absolute hero! Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Pete Tong. That's just that's what a, what like you say. What a duo could yeah, be better. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, we've got another one from Kaylee, uh, who went with my sister actually. Uh, so Kaylee, uh, Kaylee said, "Ooh, mine was the Spice Girls with Naomi. Uh, can't remember where though." And then Naomi uh, chipped in with Birmingham NEC. Again, if you're going to break your duck, as it were, going to um, to a gig, something massive like the Spice Girls. I mean, that must have just been monumental. 
Oh, it would have been huge. The, the, like, just I, I couldn't imagine like the first gig with, you know, that thousands and thousands of people there. So, w- what year were you born? Ninety two. Ninety two. So, see, I was when Spice Girls were kind of a big thing, which I think was kind of ninety six, ninety seven ish. It was around the time of the Euros, I remember. But I remember um, going to the cinema to see the Spice movie. Um, yeah. Just, you know, I think everyone probably did. But it was, I mean, they were just absolutely massive. It was a whole new kind of world, you know. It was a very different, very different time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Certainly I, was. <laughs> I'm one step away from saying, well, it wasn't like that in my day. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, I mean, what a shout. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know. Love that. Uh, Jonathan Ralph Whitaker. He went to see, well, he went to see the Foo Fighters. Um, amazingly, I spelt it Fop Fighters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, at, at the Birmingham NEC in 2005. Nice. That would be my dream first gig. Yeah, if you if could I, choose, if you could choose a first gig, that I know that would be yours, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. So here's here's a quick question that I haven't prepared for or you for, but if oh. you could see, um, if you could see any act, living or dead, now mm. who who would it be? Uh, probably Jimi Hendrix. Nice. Okay. Or fair either shot. either Jimi or Nirvana. Okay, that's a fair. That's a fair one. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't if if like they had a show on that night, both at mm. exactly the same time. <laughs> I don't know how I would decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's tough. That is a tough mm. one. Um, I. What was yours? Yeah. I, do, I, I do you know what I honestly think? At the, at the moment, I haven't thought about this very much, but at the moment, I honestly think it'd be Oasis. Like if I if I had a chance to see Oasis. I would, I would just be absolutely over the moon. I've, I've been really lucky, and perhaps we'll come onto this in, um, in another episode. But I've seen some incredible acts, and, um, but yeah, Oasis, that'd be for me. Cool, for sure, absolutely. Nice. Sorry, random train of thought there, but I thought it might be, uh, might be interesting. Absolutely. Uh, so I reckon just before we move on to the, um, the, the bread and butter of the episode, as it were, um, we've, we've had one more, which I think. I think it seems like a fairly fitting way to end this section, if I may. So um, this is from Lynn Cannon and, and shout out to Lynn. Uh, Lynn is our, one of our um, one of our European listeners and currently possibly our furthest flung listener as well, uh, who is based down in Italy. Uh, so first of all, huge love to you at the moment and thoughts with you and, and hope you and yours are all safe and well. Um, and second of all, thank you for this. This is an absolute beaut of a story. So This is a belter. It is, isn't it? So uh, if, if I may, I'll do the honours. So uh, comedy wise, years ago, I went on a blind date. That's all another story to the comedy store in Covent Garden. Now, before we move on, what a place to go, A, on a first date and B, on a blind date. That's amazing, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> so we were the last two allowed in and had to sit separately. At the end of a fairly average show, everyone started to file out and I just stayed in my seat waiting for the gallant young man to come and find me. Suddenly, the compere comes running onto the stage, calling everyone back inside as there was a special friend who wanted to say hello. We were then treated to an hour hour-long show by robin williams and the place was only half full by this point robin williams mate that's huge that is absolutely massive it, it was so long that, uh, that i missed the last tube home and had to succumb to the delights of the night bus but it was fab never went to the comedy store or saw the gall- said gallant young man again wow <laughs> that is absolutely amazing imagine just going to watch a gig yeah, like just just a random gig with just some local comedy acts, and then Robin Williams comes out. I mean, it's it's the equivalent nowadays of I'm trying to think of kind of a, a huge American artist, but it's the equivalent of going to you know the comedy store now and seeing um, you know some great acts, and I know that there's loads of great acts out there. But um, and then as you're about to leave, and half the people have left, all of a sudden you get a message: "Oh, come back, come back!" And like I don't know, Chris Rock or Kevin Hart or you know Dave someone, Chappelle or Dave someone. Ch- yeah. someone of that like massive massive um kind of profile oh mate just just incredible so that's that's brilliant thank you so much for for letting us know lynn we really appreciate that what a share yeah we thank you very much for that and that's Mm. the kind of those sort of stories they happen in this world 
and we want to hear about them and we will share them so if you've got anything any cool stories out there then do get in touch um do let us know either on the socials at commusician pod or email us uh commusician pod at gmail.com yeah yeah and and we'll read them out if you know if could they're we? of that caliber <laughs> this is i mean if they're of that caliber yeah it's not sort of scammer um could we this might be a nice uh, a nice kind of way to have a, an on ongoing feature but if you've got a story like that um and you know Obviously, that's a, a fantastic story. But if you've got like a, I don't know, a, a chance meeting or something that's happened that you were in a, that that example there, you know, you went along to one thing and then completely by chance you ended up seeing Robin Williams. You know, mm. if you've got any stories like that, then then please do get in touch and A, we'll read them out and B, you know, if we can if we can come up with a way of uh, awarding a prize, um, you know, maybe we could do commusician pens or something cooler. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, the world of comedy is, is, is screwed at the moment. So anything low budget is going to work well with me. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, do get in touch and, and we'd love to hear from you. And we'll send you a pen or pencil. Or pencil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just let us know. Commusicianpod at gmail.com. Love Very it. good. So first gigs, it is like we've kind of touched on earlier on, you know, the first gig you ever went to is is massive. It's, it's part of becoming uh, a grown up, I think. And so with with that in mind, uh, who, who was your first gig, mate? What was the first uh, act you ever went to see live? My first gig uh, was Elvis. Elvis? Yeah. Admittedly, he wasn't there. Right. Okay. I was going to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was. He was dead at this point. Right, um, yeah. But no, they. Ha- <laughs> they That'd had been pretty him- bleak. <laughs> it would. It would have been. You're right. <laughs> um, so they had him uh, like on a projector behind, and it was his touring band. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So his touring band was still playing the music, and then it was just like you could see him like singing behind. Oh, so like, um, is it Whitney Houston having the hologram thing at the moment? Yeah, they like like Whitney, but way less like way lower tech uh, okay cool <laughs> like, like a cardboard cutout <laughs> I say, yeah. very very similar to a cardboard cutout nice. yeah absolutely okay cool um, can you remember i mean what can you remember about it how old would you have been uh i would probably have been uh, maybe 10 10 or 11 i would have thought 10 or 11 okay nice so, yeah and where was it it was the nec in birmingham was it? So it was over here. I thought you meant um, you were over in America. No, no. Reason. I have seen plenty of gigs over there because I went there a lot as a child. But um, yeah, my first one would have been um, would have been Elvis in Elvis's band in the NEC, um, and they were they band. were amazing. It was you know we were set up quite high because it was very expensive, um, <laughs> <laughs> and my parents you know had two kids to pay for as well. Um, but it was it was really really good. It was you can just see that the the, the band members. I remember just see it like watching them and how much passion they've still got in doing it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like they're not there just making money. They're there because you know Elvis was iconic. He was a massive message to the people, and it was it was phenomenal. So playing devil's advocate here because I'm I'm a fan of Elvis. You know, I think obviously some of his music is is incredible. Um, but if 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 you were in a band and I mean it's fair to say Elvis would have been the the centerpiece of the band, you know the the lead the lead yeah, singer the main main attraction. If you're in a band and and the main attraction um, you know passed away or, or quit or whatever, and and you had the opportunity to carry on gigging and, and making money, would you? It's it's an interesting question, and it kind of there's two ways that you can do it. If you want to remain in music, you could do it either the Elvis's band way, right, where you go, he's an icon, let's put him on a big screen, or you could go the Dave Grohl way, yeah, and they could have done that with Nirvana. They could have had Kurt up there, and those two carried on playing, but or well, the three of them carried on playing, but it wouldn't have worked. So it's just like you know yeah. what, let's start a new project, and I would probably go with the start a new project. But what about you? What was uh, what was your first gig? <laughs> So, so my first um, gig as a, um, uh, a, f- a fan, I was going to say as a punter, but as a fan, was I'm, I'm pretty lucky, actually, because I think it's quite a cool one. So when I was growing up, I had a really eclectic taste in music, to be honest, and I could just as easily be listening to kind of drum and bass to as I could be to Stevie Wonder or Marvin Gaye or The Drifters or, you know, whatever, or Elvis, any of that stuff. Um, but 
one of the well, in fact the first band i ever went to see was incubus nice yeah that's so, a good um, gig it was a very good gig, yeah. It was a very, sadly, a very long time ago, so I don't really remember it as well as I would like. Um, <laughs> oh, God, how old would I have been? So, oh, mate. So I reckon I would have been 16. Uh, it was in Cardiff, and I now realise, as I'm saying words out, out loud, that that is over half my life ago. Um, <laughs> that makes me immeasurably sad. Um but yeah, so Incubus, very very cool. You know, I've I've I listened to quite a lot of stuff, quite a lot of music, which again, I guess I guess we'll kind of cover it another time. But but Incubus, I just loved the the fact that they could be really really heavy. You know, they could have um, there's an album Science, for example, mm. and there's a song on there called um, Favorite Things, and oh, I just I just absolutely love it. It's it's an excuse to just. I don't want to use the phrase go mental, but, you know, uh, it just kind of almost mosh, you know, yourself. Uh, uh, God, I, I sound so old and out of touch, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I love the fact that you can just kind of listen to it and bang your head and it's um, it's really cool. And then on the other side of it, they've got some really cool tracks um, like Make Yourself and Drive and and it's a totally different kind of acoustic style. Um, but yeah, very very lucky i guess to have that as a a first gig and and i think actually the reason for that would have been i i didn't go with my parents or anything like that i went with with my mates so you know shout out to to my mum being being cool enough to to let me <laughs> at the age of 16 go yeah i was uh, gonna, i was going to say actually cuz 16 at an incubus gig that is it, it's quite young considering some of their music like yeah i'm sure you I mean, could have got squashed i think I think I was always a couple of years cooler than everyone else anyway. Um, and <laughs> when, when, did it go, when did it go the other way around then? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I was I was kind of mates with bigger boys, uh, for want of a better phrase. And, um, <laughs> bigger boys? Bigger boys, yeah. So, you know, I, oh, I had mates. When I was 16, so I had mates who were 18, for example. So I was I was going to again this sounds like a really odd humble brag but i was lucky enough that i could get served i was i was in devon so i don't think laws of the uk really yeah. cared that much but, but yeah so i was going to pubs when i was kind of 16 17 um and therefore you know my mates were a little bit older so yeah i just remember i think we drove up in again a bigger boy's car and we <laughs> we kind of stayed in a hostel um in in cardiff and yeah it was it was just lovely i remember it being really sunny actually i don't remember much about it because like i said oh man fitzy here um it was a long time ago but yeah it, it was uh it was amazing and it was a really cool kind of I, I just remember going into to the gig and just seeing all these people on the stage and thinking like wow this is amazing and um the the only kind of similarity or the only thing that i can compare it to i guess is the first time I went to Old Trafford um, to watch Man United and you kind of go up the steps and you look out and you see the pitch for the first time. And, and it's like that at gig, you know, you, you go in, you see the, the stage, you see the band for the first time. And, and life isn't the same after that, I don't think, because, you know, you know how good it can be. And you know that this world exists, a world that you had only ever kind of seen on TV before, I guess. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And, um, it, it's it, that is a really really good point because i don't think i really wanted to play live music until i really started going into the shows mm. like i was so yeah, happy yeah. just you know as a, as a as a kid kind of play playing in playing my guitar in my bedroom sort of thing and then you start to go to the shows and you're just like actually that looks so much fun yeah yeah like people were coming to to hear me i want that well, that's um, again another seamless segue, I would say. Um, yeah, so but, beautifully, uh, it was really nice. Yeah, very well done. Um, but I would, I'd love to know more about kind of how you went from, you know, as you said, I think you used the term a bedroom, uh, bedroom guitarist, bedroom bassist. There you bedroom go. You bassist. That. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, but so, so yeah, talk to me about that. What, um, what kind of got you into? to gigging i guess I, I guess it was just going to see lots of different shows um i think when i so I, I had my base in my room i went to kind of college and i did a few gigs at college um 
was in a yeah as I think I said in episode one I was in a couple of different bands that didn't really go anywhere but we always had the idea of how great would it be for this to go live and us to hit the road with it but never really did um and then I just I don't know I just got a bit itchy for it I guess is the easiest way to say it yeah yeah. it was just kind of you know you just it just wasn't enough just to play in my bedroom on my own anymore Mm um and the 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 kind of I it wasn't until like Dirty Blueprint where I had my first proper live gig. Like I said, I did little shows in college. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did uh, you know a few little bits here and there, but never before had I played some of the gigs that me and Dirty Blueprint have played now. Um, it's it's been phenomenal. But my kind of the reason of getting into it was yeah, like I say, just just watching those those bass players and the the, the band members up there just as a unit. Like, you know, so there must there must be a real difference between and again, I'm probably going to sound at various points throughout this podcast. I'm probably going to sound really kind of naive, but but I guess there must be a real difference playing with other people. Does that make sense? As opposed to kind of just playing at home to a track. Oh, is that a stupid thing to say? No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's so okay. it's so um, when you when you come to gigging with the drummer, for example, you know the timings change in a song. Right. When you when you're playing live, you know you might all get excited and then start playing it a little bit faster towards the end. Yeah, yeah. If you're playing at home to a metronome and you can practice that perfectly, that's fine. But it doesn't set you up to play in a band, like because 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 timings change, because you get excited or you want to slow it down or something like that. You're just not quite ready for it. And I think which is one of the reasons why I you know hadn't played a, a really decent first gig until Dirty Blueprint came along. Amazing. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's been really good. And my, I guess my first gig with Dirty Blueprint was, um, uh, it was at a place called the Reaper Bar in Western Supermare. And did you was, did you die? We we didn't die. No, we. Yes. So we were. I should on... have said, was it grim? Damn it, Fitz. Good opportunity there. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, it's okay. We'll we'll let you off. Maybe maybe if you're clever enough, you can go back and edit it. So then my laugh and the grim bit just seamlessly go in. Yeah, I don't reckon I've got time on on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're, we're at the Reaper Bar, and it was it was such a cool gig. We were on second to last. Um, um, every band kind of used each other's kit for that, apart from guitars. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the main band were just like, no, you're not touching our gear, and wanted to set up afterwards. So there was like a, there was about a half hour, twenty minute, half hour break in between us and the main act oh right yeah yeah but what it meant is that it was so late that everybody was just like oh do you know what we're, we're kind of done oh no uh, but it was great for us because everybody was coming up saying guys that was absolutely amazing yeah yeah but they like but then, then they, they were leaving yeah so we had to and we always do anyway we always make sure that we stay behind to watch all the bands but the main band basically just played to us <laughs> oh god which That's... yeah for us we felt great but for the main band, they must have felt awful. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a similar thing to if if you um, I've I've run quite a few kind of new material nights. It doesn't happen so much on pro nights because the last act of the night is is the headliner, you know. But but quite often people will come along to new material nights and perhaps they'll see their they'll be there to see their friend or what what the worst thing to happen is if people overrun and do longer than their time then it really messes with the schedule and what it can mean is that i've i've done gigs with some phenomenal comics who've traveled from manchester or or um birmingham to go to this is in but when i lived in bath and they will have traveled a long long way but because people have overrun and the night's overrun a lot of people have left and you just think oh god it's such a it's such a shame so it has a real knock-on effect and obviously in that instance they could have avoided it by i guess not being selfish with their material um their their equipment is that right or yeah absolutely 100 percent. yeah if they you know the way or the precious per- i should say not selfish but yeah the, the perfect gig setup if you're you know if we're headlining we'll set up all our gear up and we'll just say to every, like the other bands like you can use our gear if you want right and then that way there is no change over time. You just go in, you plug your guitar in, and you're gone. You know. So I I get that, and I get that that would obviously be um be useful. But I mean, I think if it was me again, you know, these aren't cheap bits of kit. You know, so you could spend 
potentially i don't know hundreds of pounds on a guitar or probably more you know thousands thousands so yeah i I can kind of get them not wanting other people to to necessarily mess with their stuff but but yeah that's that's an interesting one um again trying to find a comparison in the world of comedy very rarely do people turn up and say this is my mic i'm going to use this one please (laughs) uh but uh, perhaps after this whole corona uh situation maybe they'll have to maybe that'll be like a a new thing it might be the new law bring your own mic exactly oh amazing world yeah so yeah first gig was it was it was a great one and it was one of those gigs as well it kind of set me up for that I was just like, oh my god, we've hit this nail on head. Like there were beer in the fridge backstage. There was loads of room. We were all. It was just the best. The, you couldn't picture a better gig. You know, we had our logo behind us. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a projector, it was just amazing. Mm. Like I was set for that. I was just like, yeah, this is how every <laughs> gig is going to be. This is how comedy. Uh, this is how music is great. Yeah, cool. exactly. Turns board. out it's not like that at all. Like our no. next gig was like <laughs> it was just the worst thing ever. Just a corner of a pub. It was gross. <laughs> Would you, just on the subject of green rooms very quickly, would you um, mix with other bands in the green room? Is that the kind of thing? Because with, with comedians, you know, you, you go to a, a gig and if you've got a green room, that's obviously where you chat with the other acts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a really interesting one. We went to Dublin last year and we had the most amazing green room that you could ever possibly imagine. Like beer piled high. They, they like emailed us and said, what do you want? You know, we'll nice. make sure that it's in there. It was the absolute dream. Yeah, it was the, the absolute dream. And it was a big like blues rock festival that we were playing. And we sat in the green room and expected like, you know, everybody to kind of come in and chat and mingle. So many bands didn't. Wow. The only band, and I'm happy to shout them out, were the 502s, they're called. And you can check them out everywhere. They were, they're from America in Florida. And they were so much fun we spent our night pretty much talking to those guys in the green room and then just like mingling with the crowd outside um but every other band would come in like drop their stuff off and go and just leave wow and i just yeah not not a social bunch what was your first gig (laughs) bits really good question um one that i was expecting uh so my um (laughs) So my first gig as a comedian came about because I was in a similar position to yourself, really. I went along to gigs. Um, so I grew up in Devon, but I moved up to Bath and when I was about 21. And when I moved up there, I started just kind of going out and I'd go to gigs and I would see stand-ups performing. And um, when I say stand-ups, I mean, I would see people standing up in front of me. Uh, and sometimes that was as good as it got. Uh, and uh, and I thought, OK, well, that's interesting, because beforehand, I'd always thought that if you were going to be a comedian, you you just had it. You know, you you're either a comedian or you're not. And you had yeah, this yeah, innate. Yeah, this innate skill that meant that you could do it, whereas actually the reality is you know that you can to an extent you can learn how to be uh, a comedian you can learn how to craft jokes you can learn stagecraft you can learn how to how to find material out of things there's loads of exercises that 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 we will cover um and yeah so i went along to some gigs saw some people be if i'm honest not very good and i thought <laughs> cool i i'm pretty sure i can stand on stage for 10 minutes and not be very good uh, and it turns out i could who knew um and uh but yeah so i i went along to kind of an open mic thing and basically just said look is there any chance i could i could come and do a gig uh and i was in a bit of a workshop environment so um i did essentially i i, I found out about a comedy course that you could do um, I don't know if you've ever heard of such a thing. No, no, never before. Um, I mean, you, you can probably guess um, the premise of it. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> come learn how to be funny. <laughs> Essentially, I think it was like an eight or 12 week thing where you'd go along uh, once a week and mm. you'd have some time where you learn some theory and then you'd have some time every week where you actually go on stage and you say stuff. Um, and I, I found it really, really useful. You know, it was it was a really good opportunity to not only learn things and this was a long time ago i mean i'm i thought i was trying to think about how long i've been gigging and i i, I think i forget that time 
moves. So this is probably <laughs> probably nearly my tenth year of of gigging, um, wow. which is is bonkers. <clears throat> Time just disappears. But um, yeah, I think I, I think actually I started in twenty twelve, so I've been gigging for eight years. Um, but but yeah, I did this kind of workshop and was told that there's certain things that are really important and one of them is persona so your kind of persona on stage kind of defines who you are if that makes sense yeah 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 of yeah. course yeah absolutely so for example you know you'll have someone like jack d so jack d would be a kind of downbeat um comedian you know the, the it's called low status so the world is kind of against you there's he's 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 like a famous kind of grump yeah and oh no this is no no um does, does, <laughs> that, does that make sense that was beautiful yeah, yeah um if jack d's listening um that's that's not an impression of you that's just an impression of a generic uh downbeat um <laughs> person. But hopefully, yeah hopefully it gets the point across um and then you've got high status um which is obviously someone who's uh the opposite you know so they're kind of high status is they're in charge of the situation they're in control and like um, a catherine ryan sort of person yeah really really great example yeah catherine ryan i would say is 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 very much high status you know the work the stage is hers and you know you can go along for the ride uh and if you don't want to then you know tough ass um <laughs> but but yeah so she she's great and then you've got kind of audiences mate which is somewhere in the middle so you know i was um i mean some would say i'm still trying to find my comedic comedic voice but but yeah i, I feel more comfortable being in that kind of audiences mate bracket so yeah, yeah. yeah nice oh that's cool man that's really cool and is that how most comedians will get started then doing open mics um yeah so not necessarily a comedy course. I know quite a few people who have done them and I was very lucky that the one I did um, was by a, a, a couple of people. So a gentleman called Chris Head, who is a, a stand-up kind of and performance um, coach. Very, very good at, at what he does. Very good at the craft. Um, and then it was also hosted um, or co-hosted by a chap called Jeff Whiting. Um, so Jeff uh, runs probably one of um if not the biggest comedy agencies in the uk um called mirth control and mirth control are really really good at um helping out newer acts so most of the acts that you will know from the circuit will have done gigs for mirth control at some point um so i was very lucky in that you know i went on this course we did our first gig uh, which was in front of friends i said some stuff that i was really proud of i said some stuff that i'm not very proud of at all um <laughs> but it, it kind of went well enough that i got the bug and and then you know i was fortunate having known jeff and worked with jeff i.e he helped me learn um, you know, when I did a few more open mics, then I was able to start applying for what we call open spots. So um, you you and I have spoken about exposure, but when you're starting out in anything, you know, whether you're a graphic designer or you're a videographer or you're a comedian, you have to you have to learn how to do it and you have to prove that you can do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, and the only way that you can learn comedy, 100% the only way you can learn it, is is by going out there and, and doing it. And so you don't get paid initially. And I, I, I saw on my Facebook um, memories, I don't know, about a month ago or something, and it, it said a post from, uh, I think it was about seven years ago six and a half seven years something like that um and it said oh i've just got my first ever paid spot and you know i i'd been gigging for at least a year until i got that paid that first wow. paid gig yeah oh, yeah that's, yeah that's mad because as as a band you know you can as, as or even just a singular musician you can learn your set of course and then just kind of go out and you know you can go to a cafe you can go to a bar you can go to a pub and they'll put you on for you know if it's a four-piece band 200 pound plus yeah yeah exactly and and that's um you know that's a i guess a difference but but you would have had to i mean well, that's a good question your first kind of gig with dirty blue dirty blueprint mm. <laughs> db um DB. 
would that have been a paid one? So uh, most of ours aren't paid, even though I just said that. Um, and yeah, the reason yeah. being is because it's original music. Okay, yeah, yeah. So covers bands can very easily get paid. Yeah. If you because that's what people want to hear when and you're people an original. Know what they're getting to an extent. Yeah, exactly. When you're when you're an originals band, they don't know that, and you know the original nights are there, so you can find your crowd. Mm. Um, so it you you don't really yeah you tend not to get paid as much. Um, what you do to kind of subside that is you'll learn a few covers. So like we've got a two hour set that we can we can put out there no problem at all. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll go we'll go and play a pub and we'll earn two hundred pounds for our kitty to then take us on tour so we can then afford to do free gigs essentially. Okay. So cool. yeah, there's there's ways and means. Very nice. Very mm. nice. I mean, I, I feel, yeah, probably kind of progressing up the ladder is is a, a, a topic all of itself. But oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the first gigs. Um, that was that was my kind of f- first foray. That's the word I'm looking for into <laughs> um, into the world of comedy. And, and like I said, just just the same as for yourself. And I, I suspect for any of our um, comedy and musician chums uh i suspect you've got you've got the bug you know you got bitten by the bug and 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 that's it now now we're in <laughs> absolutely yeah and it's, it's really interesting because uh especially from music side and do you face this in comedy i'm at a point now where i would like to play more live shows mm. so i'm thinking of learning different styles of music do you, would a comedian do that to be able to then venture to a different kind of gig or that's a really good, uh, really good question. So there are kind of different types of gigs, but it's comedy is very, um, or should be really very kind of meritocratical in that, you know, if you are, if you're good enough, then you will get booked for, yeah. for gigs. So, you know, I know loads of people who I have worked with who, when we started out, you know, were, um, either at the same level or at similar levels and there's people who again i'm i'm lucky enough to call kind of friends colleagues you know um who who i've seen just go on to 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 really great things so you know there are different types of gigs for sure Uh, obviously open mics is is where you cut your teeth and where you start new material nights are important for even pro acts um but but yeah, there are different gigs. However, you wouldn't necessarily go as a comedian. You wouldn't necessarily go to a different type of gig um, as as a way of uh, improving your uh, knowledge, I guess, or, or learning more. Um, but but what you would do is, you know, you would graduate to go and do big clubs you know like glee or uh, back in the day jonglers um comedia up in bath and brighton they they're a really good club or obviously stuff like the comedy store you know they're they're mentioned earlier on in the pod but Mm. the part of the aim i guess um, for most comics would be to get to a point where you can you can work in places like that so yeah that that would be the difference i guess but but to get there and to get work in places like that, you will do a hundreds of and b hundreds of different types of gigs. So gigs above pubs, gigs in like little weird village halls in the middle of nowhere, um, and every act that you will have heard of, um, every TV act, will most likely have done some of those weird gigs at some point. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, cool, man. Well, that's um, well answered. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not very concisely answered, but well, nonetheless. Um, but very yeah, well answered. I, I, I think that that's. Um, I think that that brings certainly our first gig experience to, um, to a close. Would yeah. you? Would you say? I would say. I, the one thing I have left to say is, if anybody out there has a really cool first gig as yes. a performer. Then, then please get in touch, and we'll we'll try and read it out next episode. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. Uh, Commusicianpod at gmail.com. We want to hear your stories of of your first gig as a performance. Anything that happened that was funny, anything that you didn't expect to happen. Um, just just get in touch and let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And likewise, uh, do still kind of get in touch if you're listening to this and think, hey, they they want to know what or they ought to know what my first gig uh, was as a as a punter. Then yeah, please let us know because um, yeah. we'd love to we'd love to hear hear from you all. 
at commusicianpod on the socials as well. It certainly is. It certainly nice is. Um, well, thank you, mate. This has been this has been a real pleasure. I'm sorry we're not able to um, to hug at, at the end as as is yeah. customary, um, <laughs> and to cheers our pints together. But um, but this has been a lot of fun, and you know I'm I'm looking forward to us. I'm looking forward to us doing this much more, and look forward to that 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 day in the distance when we when we can be together again in the middle of June where we can run and hug <laughs> oh, like a romantic God. scene. <laughs> oh, it feels For sure. like a long way, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Well, I will catch you on the next phone call pod. Yes, man. Um, look after yourself. Stay safe. And guys, thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and enjoy. Be safe. Be safe. Enjoy what is hopefully uh, sunshine, but responsibly. And look after yourselves. And we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Look after yourself, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cop Musician Pod. Intro music was Gangster Life by Dirty Blueprint. This podcast was brought to you by Fitz and Sam. See you next week. <laughs>